Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on you think jack del rio's not gonna go to the bar and get a drink and then come back and, and you know run his team meeting give me a break i i can't speak what jack del rio's going to do. <laughs> but, but, but but what i can tell you is marissa is that, let's let's make that the drop <laughs> yeah, but uh, what i can tell you is can you say hello everybody hello, hello everybody hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a friday afternoon late morning Zach, Marissa, and Sheil, and Casey Wolf, podcast debut, say hi. Hi. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Oh, okay. We don't know either. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, I'm with right, you, Casey. right in, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, lots to discuss. We'll talk about uh, the San Francisco 49ers. We'll do a Crow Thine Enemy. We'll do our Owl You Know draft. We'll make our crystal bald eagle predictions. And, uh, you know, we'll find out how Sheil's doing. Sheil, how are you? You know, my wife told, I don't know if the, if Casey can chime in on that. Casey, have you ever, do you like pumpkins? Yeah. You do? You do? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, my, my wife told me that uh, the kids are interested in carving some pumpkins this year. Let me ask you this. Do I look like a man <laughs> who knows how to carve a pumpkin? Casey, do we have a, do we have a pumpkin upstairs? Yeah. Is, is it a jack-o'-lantern? Yeah, that's, well, my oh. answer to, my answer to that is, uh, Rachel and Casey carved that before I even woke up one morning, so I'm with you. It's not, okay. it's not in my skill right. set either. So we know who to go to for uh, <laughs> for tips. Outstanding. I mean, I can guarantee, I know we've got a lot of sports Indians watching and listening. Uh, none of them have ever been involved in any type of pumpkin carving. Zeberm, how, how, how about you? Is that has, has that been part of any type of family tradition? Not family tradition. I've done it in the past, not very well. Oh, so wow. So I have a... Uh, not as as like a family. As a kid in school, we used to do the, okay. the pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And and we would toast the pumpkin seeds. Wow. Did you, did you do that? Oh, no. we used to do that. Yeah. Exactly. Put, put some salt on it. Yeah, that was, that was exactly. a good snack. Yes. Yeah, not a big fan of pumpkin seeds. Oh. Wow. I like Coming the pumpkin seeds. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we get right to it? Let's bring in our man. It's almost the end of the morning, so we got to get him while it's still technically morning. Let's bring in the Stone Cold Newsman. Let's send it over to Zach Berman. So it's 11.40 a.m. right now. We have a hard out at 1 o'clock, and I don't know if we have enough time in in the hour and 20 minutes to get through all the Eagles injuries. That (laughs) shows you the state of the Eagles injury of the situation at the moment. I have the report from yesterday up in front of me right here. 
there are some updates today. We just finished speaking to Doug Peterson. Deshaun Jackson, who has not practiced all week, will not practice today, Friday. They practice in about 20 minutes. He will not practice. So that means he's not practicing the whole week. Still, Doug Peterson continues to say he's optimistic about Deshaun Jackson's status. I suppose we'll see 90 minutes before kickoff on Sunday night. Uh, the Eagles at practice yesterday, I was there, only had one wide receiver on their 53-man roster, which is now 52 players, actually practicing. And that was Greg Ward. But J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who has been absent with a calf injury, he will be back at practice today, at least on a limited basis. Also, yeah, John, Hightower, John Hightower, who missed practice yesterday uh, with an illness. He's among a group of, of, of players who have had illnesses, including... Uh, in, including Jason Peters and Jamon Brown. The players who have illnesses uh, are back in the building, and it won't affect their status for Sunday night. So you can expect John Hightower back at wide receiver. You can expect Jason Peters back at left tackle. Uh, Miles Sanders, who has been limited with a glute injury, um, he is going to play Sunday. So nothing to worry about there with the pain in his butt. And then Trevor Williams, who has a rib injury, did not practice the past two days. We'll see what his status is for the game. That's important to monitor, of course, because the Eagles uh, don't have a starting outside cornerback right now. So that's one to pay attention to. It's Other funny that that's, that, like an, that's an afterthought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other than that, uh, Alshon Jeffrey who had been limited in, in, in practice. He will, he was a DNP yesterday. Apparently, that was part of their plan, uh, that, that they were going to pull him back some. The reality is, until we see Alshon Jeffrey on the field in uniform, I think we need to operate under the, uh, the assumption that he's, he's, he's not ready yet. So we'll see what happens with that injury. Uh, Lane Johnson, who was limited in practice yesterday, nothing to worry about there. It's, it, it seems they're just managing him. He'll go. And Jack Driscoll, who when we spoke Wednesday night, had the illness. He returned yesterday. So that that's the injury uh, the injury update. Um, but otherwise, from what Doug Peterson said, uh, really there's not much more that needs to be reported. They want to get their screen game going, of course. He uh, took a moment to kind of think about what the offensive identity of the team is. This was very uh, funny. Yeah. And he came up with uh, running the ball and play actions. Right? Oh <laughs> Am I what? summarizing that correctly, Bo? I think, hold on, I actually think, let me pull it up because I think uh, Brandon Lee Gowden tweeted out the full quote. So, yeah, here's what he said. He did, like, he took a second and was like, didn't really want to answer it. And then he goes, I would define the identity as using the strength. Number one, you've got to go off the strength, I think, of your quarterback, right? And then you build your plans around that. So, obviously, the identity, you want to be able to run the football, play action pass, the QB movements, and then, as Les mentioned, the screens. You've got to mix up the screens effectively in your system. And you want to be physical up front. That goes without saying. You want to be dominant there, control the line of scrimmage and all that. And that's where the run game comes in. But I think you're seeing that. You've seen the identity a little bit kind of rear its head up in these games. But then it goes back down because we haven't been as successful on first down. Been in too many second and long and third and long situations, which, get, which gets you out of who you are a little bit as an offense. So. Oh my God, that that sounds exactly like the answer. I mean, I think he's yeah, being honest. They're... Yeah, I think he's right. Yeah, that is the identity. It's absolutely uh, garbanzo beans. Their their play action game is terrible. Their QB movement game is terrible. Their screen game is terrible. 
and uh, they're trying to mix it all together and nothing's working. So a uh, nice, honest answer. Then that's a, that really is a problem. I mean, I do feel like a lot of, you know, the best coaches, uh, and I'm sure if I, I bet Doug was asked this during the Super Bowl season, you know, I bet he was able to easily answer that question. Like you shouldn't have to hem mm-hmm. and haw really with that question. And sometimes you get cliches with it and, and that's fine because, you know, a lot of teams are trying to do the same things, but usually there should be like a two sentence thing about here's sort of the foundation of what we want to do. Uh, I have, I have no idea. You know, I think probably the Super Bowl season was probably like, well, we're a, we're a spread. We want to, we're a spread West coast hybrid. And you know, something like that probably would have started it off and then he would have gotten to some of the other things, but oh man, running game and and play action where every time Carson Wentz runs play action, he turns around and there's a, uh, there's a defender breathing, breathing in his face. Well, you know what, what's, what struck me um, as I was finishing charting the offense yesterday, and you talked about this on, on Wednesday shield, just, you know, like the lack of identity, they don't know who they are. They spent the first three quarters of this game doing all of this, uh, all of this like pre-snap and at snap motion, you know, Greg Ward running across the formation to absolutely no effect. Like it has, it has nothing to do with what they're doing. Uh, like nobody's buying it on defense. It's not like, the Bengals yeah. didn't have to take a little potty break when Greg Ward went in motion. And then the one time yeah. they wait till the third quarter, the one time he gets the ball, he gets tackled immediately for a six yard loss. <laughs> yeah. Like, because he's not, he's not fast enough to beat the defensive end around the edge. Like it's, it's like, it's like, um, you know, the kind of thing where, uh, they, they've seen that, uh, like pre-snap at snap motion is, is like analytically friendly, but that's because that's what like, that's built around what those offenses do. It has nothing to do with what they do on offense. Right. And so it doesn't help them. Like they're doing it just for the sake of doing it. I agree. And, uh, the other, and, and the other thing that I will add with the uh, news is that in a typical week when the opposing team's quarterback doesn't practice, one would think that would be like a big story, you know. Uh, are they going to face Jimmy Garoppolo? Are they going to face Nick Mullins? It hasn't really been a big story here uh, because the Eagles are a mess. And uh, for those who watched that game last night, they saw the that, ultimate insult. Nick, that Nick Mullins was featured in the promotion. And then interestingly, and uh, I'm not saying like the Eagles defensive players were like uh, talking trash, if you will, uh, but it's, it's more what they say to us is often – the message that they're getting in their meetings and everything that we've asked these defensive players when it's come to the 49ers passing game is that it doesn't matter who they have at quarterback. They're all about the run. You know, it's just stopping the run, yes. stopping the run. It's as if like the, the 49ers don't pass, whereas they have the, the number 15 pass offense in the NFL. Um, they were good at passing the ball last year. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think the Eagles should, should go into this game thinking like, all you have to do is stop the run because they can hurt you through the air as well. Well, it's funny. Uh, let me pull up what um, what Darius Slay said yesterday. But it was the same thing. He's like, yeah, you know, no, no offense to Jimmy G. He's good. But, like, it doesn't really matter. I could play quarterback back there. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah that didn't, that should have made some headlines. I mean, yeah, well. he, he might not be wrong, but still, <laughs> you know, he, he, it's uh, – it's something. Well, it, you know, it is a little bit wrong because two years. I think it was uh, the year before they made the Super Bowl. So that was what 2018. Uh, what do you What do you got there? This is a polar, polar. lemon. I haven't tried the lemon in a while, okay. so we'll see how it goes. 2018, the 49ers offense was not. You know, like like if you looked at all the efficiency and DVOA, DVOA things, uh, they were not ranked highly. It wasn't like their offense was good and their defense was terrible. So uh, Kyle Shanahan does need 
players. Every coach does need players. Uh, Chip Kelly found, you know, found that out the, the hard way, of course, but they need someone back there. But yeah, Mullins, like he's played, he, he's not impressive. I mean, you, I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought. I watched him last week and it was just, he looks like your typical backup quarterback, like the guy that comes in, in a preseason game. But, uh, that's the strength of their coaching staff. Like they're not asking him to do too much. They are going to run the ball. They are going to have uh, screens and end arounds, and they are going to use play action and bootlegs. And he does know how to uh, how to operate the offense. He had to play a couple of years ago for for an extended period of time, so it's not like he's just getting his feet wet here. And they scored on seven of eight possessions last week, as, as I mentioned before. So uh, they scored on seven of eight possessions. Their one possession that they didn't score was a missed field goal. They had over 400 yards of offense. They had 29 first down so uh, I mean really the Eagles defense should not be like crowing about anything and that you know that's pretty interesting that they feel like they don't have to worry about the passing game here's the here's what Darius Lee said he said uh, the question was how difficult is it to prepare as a corner without knowing who the quarterback is and he said not really uh, because the fact that it's such a great run team uh, not disrespecting Jimmy G because he's a great talented guy but they but they do a great job that O-line is their powerhouse they can run that ball. You go back to when they played Green Bay in the playoffs. Shoot, they rushed for 300 yards. You could put me at quarterback, and I'd be doing the same thing. But Jimmy G. <laughs> but Jimmy G. is a great talent, and his backup guy is a great talent too. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I, I was there. listening. I was listening to uh, Doug Peterson's conference call with the 49ers media, and he As was talking. What's that? As you do, yeah. As one and, does. And, well, yeah. Well, and, and and he was discussing. Uh, he got asked a question about Nick Mullins. And he said it's it's like the 49ers have two starting quarterbacks. That's how that's how good he's, this player is. He's like he I've got none. <laughs> he also called being a backup quarterback a thankless job in this league. I don't view that as a thankless job. I, I actually like view the most popular job. guy. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, th- uh, that was interesting. And then one other Nick Mullins note, and this is courtesy of our friends in San Francisco. Um, I believe Matt Barrows wrote the story, correct? Uh, that Rich Gangaroa was the one who was credited for finding yeah. Nick Mullins. That he was the big advocate in uh, he che- and to use the word from that story. He championed Nick Mullins to John Lynch and to Kyle Shanahan. I remember that when the Eagles hired Scangarello doing research, that was like his claim to fame in San Francisco. Was uh, I feel like I was too mean to uh, Scangarello last podcast? I don't know. I feel like I, I took a couple. I don't know. I took a couple cheap shots. I've never met the guy. Everything I've heard is he's a very nice guy. So uh, I might have been out of line there, but uh, certainly we can question his kind. I know. In, a, in comparison to what Bo says on every podcast, it was not out of line. Maybe compared to my own baseline, I felt a little guilty. Afterwards. I'm not so sure but, that's fair. Uh, you know. Tom McAllister, uh, DFOP, said that he liked this. It's become like a Wednesday tradition where I just come <laughs> on and just and just like a WIP host, just uh, going crazy. He feels like it's a throwback to the Rich Cotite and uh, Ray Rhodes days when he would turn on the radio after a game. So, uh, you know, I was heavily influenced yeah. by that era. So I take that as a compliment. Well, you've been holding in these takes for like three days by <laughs> that point. True. So you, you're like ready to explode. That's true. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, Quarterback. Well, let me let me. I have a little cornerback nugget. So you know, we're to, we've talked about this before, but uh, great story by Joe. I, I don't want to champion like every athletic beat writer during this podcast, but I don't we know if you guys. How about we throw someone under the bus at the same time? Okay. Yeah, how about Connor ahead. Hughes for making us late? Okay. Yeah. There, there you go. That, that, that's a good one. Uh, but Joe Person, the Panthers beat writer, had a story this week about Rasul Douglas. Rasul yes. Douglas, after their Week Two loss, goes into Matt Rule's office. And says, yo, Matty boy, 
We need to connect more as a team. You know, we're doing social distancing. We're wearing masks. We're doing all the protocols, but we're not connected. We don't have the chemistry. He was saying, you know, when I was with the Eagles, you're not going out there playing for yourself or for the fans. You're playing. You know, those are your guys next to you. You don't want to let them down. We need to foster this kind of culture. And Matt Rule said, you know what? I think you're right. They hold a team meeting. Players, Teddy Bridgewater is going in, you know, in, in front of the whole team talking about his life story. I forget. I think there was another player talking about how a family member had cancer and what they had to do to get, the, you know, just to get to the NFL. This big bonding experience through two meetings. They go out and they beat the Chargers. Oh, Rasul Douglas, yeah. That's and crazy. by the way, for yeah. for for all the the criticism that Rasul Douglas might have taken over the past three years, like he was on the team. For this particular situation that the Eagles right. are in now, like he served yeah, that exactly. role decently, he he was not. He probably was never going to be a starting cornerback for them, and that's why they cut him. But as as a reliable backup, I, th- I thought he was fine in in, in he's that not role. A rookie and Eagles, contract, he's exactly, absolutely. and he's like to that point, like he is a good guy in the locker room. Exactly, his enthusiasm at practice always jumped out to me. I mean, every drill he was bringing energy. I don't know what he did to Jim Schwartz, but man, <laughs> Jim Schwartz or Howie Rosa, probably Jim Schwartz, I, I would think, because yeah. he could never. Uh, and then you, we all saw, I mean, the story last night, big bows coming mm. up with the big plays. I know, but what about those slippery the, hands? He had listen, two pick sixes listen, you should have had. What do announcers say? That's why they play defense. Uh, that's why they play defense. That's why they play they cornerback. Play, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why they don't play yeah. wide receiver. But jumping those routes. Yeah, Big Bows getting Vic Fangio is probably first says a little bit more about you know Sam Darnold and Adam Gase yeah. than it does about Big Bows. I disagree, but we can on the topic disagree. of of uh, former backup cornerbacks, two uh, can you? Is it, am I using this correctly? Very nice. <laughs> Name yes. the last uh, Eagles defensive turnover. Oh wow! Have they have they not had one this year? They have no. not. The only oh turnover, my gosh, the, wow. the only takeaway this season was on special teams. Oh, but I they did not have one. And I don't believe they had one in the huh. postseason game either. Well, I I thought this was such a dumb explanation of you know when they're was it was it your boy, Sidney Jones intercepting Dan, uh, <laughs> Sydney Jones had, Daniel intercepting Jones. Daniel Jones last year yeah. week seventeen big flex yeah. big flex big yes. flex okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, when they when they were talking about the Darius Slay trade, and again, Darius Slay has been fantastic, but yeah. one of the things I had heard from, you know, within the organization was this is a guy who could take the ball away. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. if, are you an, if you're an analytically-based organization, like the randomness of interceptions for a cornerback, I mean, the amount of variables that Not- are in play, like is this really why you're, you're <laughs> getting him is because you think he's going to – like how many turnovers do you possibly think he's going to add to your defense uh, next year? So I always thought that was a bit puzzling. Not like to people- mention he was asked about this the other day, and he goes, well, yeah, you know, it's a little bit harder to get interceptions in man than zone because you're not yep. watching the quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, he's my favorite eagle. I'm in, I'm in favor he also, of the trade. I, I retract yeah. everything I've said about it. This guy's amazing. <laughs> he had this really interesting nugget that I had never thought about. I, I thought um, this was very interesting. Yeah. So he said that, that, that a big difference between college football and the NFL is that they don't have the white stripes on the ball in the NFL. When he was in college, he used to be able to see the white stripes, and that's how he would oh. get interceptions. So he said he would get a lot of PBUs his rookie year uh, because he'd be looking for the ball, but he couldn't see the white stripe. It took him some time to get used to it. He said that was the biggest adjustment as a rookie was the no stripe on the ball. 
Uh, one of you should write a story about this. Get on that was a con- great. Get yeah. on some conference calls with other. Uh, that that would be a fantastic story. Do other quarterbacks think that? I've never heard of that before. I never heard. Darius right. Slay's been terrific with us. When they're o five and one, uh, jump on some conference calls with other defensive players around the league. Like get you know five six cornerbacks and ask them about that. I think that would be fantastic. Okay. Thanks for the thanks for the assignment. All right, All right. Bo's not interested. Zach, <laughs> I am very, not, I am very Zach recognizes a good yes. story. Yeah, a good story. Also, idea. I recognize that. Uh, we're I'll do it. Have, I don't want to steal it from. I'll you. do. We're we're probably going to have two months of stories where, or yeah. like two months of weeks to fill where we can't keep writing about the injuries. So so yeah. I'm, I'm all for any creative. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All, all for any kind of creative stories we can find. There you go. Uh, I meant to follow up, Sheila. You had texted us before the episode the other day that there was a quarterback. You were thinking that if you were feeling spicy enough, you might you might swap for Carson Wentz. I have a Let's guess see. as to who it was, but who do you think it is? I think it might have been Justin Herbert. <laughs> if I if I was like you know uh, if I was like two three makers marks deep or ooh, you know five five you know five six beers in and uh, you know Tommy Telesco gave me a call and I was Howie Roseman and it was my team was oh two and one and I'm just feeling really down in the dumps. Uh, I I feel like Justin Herbert has not get gotten nearly enough buzz for his first two games. I've been lost to the Panthers. Guy. Well, he did. Yeah, he lost. So what? Would do win lock QB wins this year? I mean, well, you you also like to tell us that rookie quarterback performance doesn't matter, but you know, let's let's hear the argument. It doesn't, but uh, I I feel like I've liked what I've seen through two games out of him. He makes like four or five wow throws every game. Uh, He doesn't seem flustered. He doesn't seem like it's too big for him. He doesn't have a great offensive line, but he's still making plays. So uh, listen, I'll drive the, uh, I'll drive the Justin Herbert bandwagon. And it's funny because his coach, Anthony Lynn can't say anything good about him because the team punctured Tyrod Taylor's lungs. So you can't say like, Oh, Herbert's looking great. He's taking over right now because you might be facing a lawsuit or something. So it's been funny. Lynn's like, hey, he's okay. He's leaving a lot of plays on the field. The guy threw for 300 yards and he just found out he was starting five minutes before the game. So it's been a, uh, it's been a funny situation. There. Just imagine if he had a hootsie A's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really. Coach uh, Coach Flynn says, uh, "Get out of here with the white stripe business." He's rolling his eyes. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and we also have someone who says, uh, uh, "Forgot to tweet it, but Shields' pronunciation of uh, minute lowered my yeah. the value of my degree from Penn State." Mm. Yeah, I'm sticking by it. I mean, really, I'm in on that minute. Let, let I'm yeah. using it that way forever. All right. It's funny uh, because when I've read the word. In articles, in my head, it is always minute. Like, I, I well, don't of course, read it one yeah. way and then, you know, thought that it was a different word or something that I was pronouncing. Eh, I stand by it. Okay. All right. Let's get to uh, let's get to Crow Thine Enemy, Dr. Capadia. Let's talk uh, first about this 49ers offense. Uh, they are supposed to get George Kittle back. As we've talked about, Nick Mullins, a quarterback, but it doesn't matter because uh, Darius Slay could be back there and it would all be the same. Uh, uh, you know. This is the uh, this is the offense the Eagles were trying to steal from a little bit, or at least potentially the influence that Jeffrey Lurie wanted to implement into this Eagles offense. Why is that? What makes Kyle Shanahan the uh, you know the favorite of tape munchers everywhere? Uh, what's Debo Sam? Is Debo Samuel uh, practicing this week? He's on IR. Uh, or no, I'm, uh, I thought there was a chance he. I thought there was at least a chance he could play. Anyway, uh, we can look that up, but. It's a, I mean, they're banged up. They've been hit hard mm-hmm. by injuries. I mean, 
well, I guess you're, you're asking just about the offense, but uh, Brandon Ayuk played last week. I thought yes. he had some juice. I was not a big Ayuk guy uh, out of the draft. All right, Bo's taking a, 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 a win. That was a good rushing there. touchdown he had. I mean, it was beautifully schemed. There was yeah. there, there were there were literally three blockers to that side, and two of them were just looking around. They had nobody to block <laughs> because the defense was so confused. So uh, they schemed it up last week. That's what they've been doing. It is run heavy. It's not all you know this wide zone, outside zone. They mix in a variety of runs, which we saw in that Packers game last year in the playoffs. There is play action. There is bootlegs. There's creative screens. It's all about uh, yards after the catch. So they don't take a lot of shots downfield not not to say they don't take any but if you look at all those numbers it's all short intermediate throws a lot of stuff in the middle of the field and then pick up yards after the catch so that's how they've sort of catered uh the players that they've added i mean george kittle is the best tight end in the nfl i, I would be interested is, is you know would darius slay match up with, with george kittle on third downs does he have that kind of uh physicality that's to interesting him? I, I don't know i mean i don't know who else really is gonna this would be a game where malcolm Jenkins. Uh, somebody in our uh, somebody in our chat wanted to know why you protected Nate Gary in the yeah, uh, expansion draft. We did, but really the Eagles are hard. They do they have twenty five guys you really want? Oh yeah, I mean I was doing it from what I thought the Eagles would do, and I, I my my okay. guess is they would do that given the way they talk about him. But yeah, I mean yeah. it was like it was hard to pick the the right. twenty five guys. There's like yeah. sixteen guys you want to protect. I mean I protected Nate Herbig. Oh, that's totally justifiable. I yeah uh, I know, and it was a no brainer. Uh, Raheem Mostert out, uh, I you know Tevin Coleman out, so it was former Jarek, Eagle great. Jarek McKinnon uh, is in there. He is involved more in the passing game. Jeff Wilson. I mean, listen to these names. Uh, this team's got no talent. <laughs> They've got. I mean, George Kittle will play. George Kittle didn't play last week, but it's George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Nick Mullins and like a mediocre offensive line is this offense. So I do have to say, watching that game back, I watched like the you know the the quick cut. Um, I was not as impressed as I was expecting to be. Like that game was like six six until the end of the first half, uh, and then like you're you're going up against a Joe Judge team that you know wants to quit on the season already. So it didn't. It's not like they. I I thought the score was a little bit misleading. I know they you know, they scored on all those drives as you said, but like I'm I'm not like shaking in my boots about about the 49ers offense right well, now. The Eagles I mean, defense is you bad, you but should, you, yeah, I mean you should listen to the names I just yeah. mentioned. You shouldn't be, but uh there's always the possibility that they just uh you know what Sean McVay did to Jim Schwartz a couple weeks ago, that's absolutely in play here. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But you know, they don't have uh, you know Robert Woods and mm, I smell, Cooper I Cup. smell I an know. Eagles well, pick out of okay. We'll I've already, I've already, I'm already pot committed to until Elijah rallies okay. on this active roster. I'm not picking the Eagles, but uh, I like I, that. I like, I like that after watching the Eagles for three games, a 420 yard, 30 plus point, 29 <laughs> first down performance. You're like, yeah, you know, they had to wait till the second half to really. Well, get you know going. what it is? It's it's the uh, because you talked about it, like no shots downfield. It is like. The uh, super-powered bog offense. Yes, like that's that's what they they have. Yes, uh, Long they have drives. accomplished what the Eagles are like forced into having to try to do. Yes, I would agree with that. Zach, any thoughts on the uh, Niners? Oh, yeah. So I I liked what I saw from from Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think that offensive line probably deserves a little more credit than 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 just being average. I mean, I mean their their tackles are legit. Uh, Right that's tackle, just because that's McGlinchey. just because McGlinchey's from Philly. Mike McGlinchey, a Philly guy, Penn Charter High School, <laughs> uh, and uh, 
left tackle Trent Williams. Um, and then when George Kittle's in the lineup, they're obviously a lot different. Jordan Reed's banged up. He he did a fine job filling in. Uh, but I would definitely pay attention to that Kittle matchup against uh, Nate Gary. Nate Gary says they have a good plan for him. We'll see. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and, he, uh, and, and he sort of said that with like a with like a a wry smile, as if there's some like special concoction they've they've uh, come up with. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, to let's be see how this works, Nate. To be fair to Nate Gary, he's going to be across the line of scrimmage on play action by the time the ball is thrown <laughs> to George Kittle. So I don't think he's going to be part of the uh, plan there. Well, that's interesting. Maybe it is. Maybe it is Darius Slay then. Third down, yeah, red zone. Maybe that's a good point. That's it. I that's, think my guess is it'll be a lot of Jalen Mills, but oh, that's the plan he was smiling about. I don't know. Could uh, be. Do you think we'll? That, we'll go so ahead. Jalen Mills blitzed no. nine times last week. Wow, that yeah, did that, feel blitz heavy, especially in like yeah. the second half. I was, it yeah. was like every play they were uh, going after Burrow and uh, getting after him. There were, I think, there were a couple where Mills was in charge of like the you know the the tight end or the back, and then when that guy stayed into block, he he blitzed. But that's interesting. I, I mean, theoretically. Yeah, it should be kind of a uh, – I'm joking about Mills, but if you have a guy who's a former cornerback who switched to safety, this would be the type of matchup to match him up with the tight end, right? Right. So, we'll I, am, I am curious to see what, what Schwartz does like package-wise in this game uh, because we know the Niners play you know, two receiver sets in either 10 or 12 – or 11 or 21 or 12 uh, you know, more often than almost anybody else. So, uh, like, do they – does he – put that heavy nickel out there with with tj edwards and crave on leblanc does he want three linebackers on the field uh with the eagles are i mean this is uh, what you would expect they are much better stopping the run when they have three linebackers on the field but like their their split of stopping the run in that versus in uh nickel situations is i think wider than anybody else in the league so uh, i'm curious to see if if we're going to see a lot of base in this game that's not the way they've played in the past but you know if it's just Ayuk and uh, kendrick bourne on the outside, given how thin the Eagles are at corner, maybe it's like maybe it's strap on the outside, mm. and then you're keeping three linebackers on the field. I don't know. And now, do you buy Jim Schwartz's explanation that the the changes they made last week, having more T.J. Edwards in nickel, or having T.J. Edwards in nickel, and having uh, Craven Blanc in, in nickel, was based on the matchup, or do you think that that was based on on performance of the other guys? I think both. Uh, I think they do get a little bit too cute with the with like the matchup stuff mm-hmm. sometimes, um, but I also think like we all saw it with our own eyes. Like Strap is playing better than Roby Coleman right now. What's the I don't it's, understand? Like Strap and you know LeBlanc and Roby Coleman are similar type players to me. Like is one of them? What's one of them better at that the other isn't? I think Strap well, is a so, little bit more physical, and yeah, and Roby Coleman's smaller. a little bit a little bit faster. And, and, it's, so, and you uh, see the way they use it. You see, you see yeah. the way they use them because it's it's it has been Roby Coleman and Duke Riley, and then T.J. Edwards and Cravon LeBlanc. So I think when they are more worried about the run, they have that heavier nickel out there. Yes, yeah, so Schwartz's think... explanation was that uh, playing against Joe Mixon last week, they really wanted to try to funnel things to the outside. Um, that uh, so the, so the, so they were much more focused on that. So they wanted bigger guys on the field. But uh, I, I I would play T.J. Edwards over Duke Riley regardless of the matchup. LeBlanc is more physical. Uh, I, I don't know that I've seen anything to suggest Roby Coleman has like this uh, big big edge in the speed category yeah, I agree. Or, or coverage or anything like that. So, okay. I think that's right. Uh, how about the 49ers defense? Not really the, uh, you know, 
the side of the ball that is focused on very much, but there's some buzz about Javon Kinlaw as a rookie, former uh, Quackatology, Senior Bowl Quackatology winner for the uh, DFOPs. And, uh, you know, what, what can you tell us about the, the defense, Jill? Well, no Richard Sherman, no Nick Bosa. And so uh, cornerback is certainly a question mark for them. They've got, uh, I believe it'll probably be Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett, who it feels like mm. has been in our lives. Like, I feel like I've moved to like six different places and Jason Verrett was part of my life in the first one and he's still uh, part of my life. So I don't know if he's really been around that long or not, but I know uh, draft Twitter seemed to love him coming out of college. He's had a bunch of uh, injury issues. <laughs> oh, Marissa, scroll on her phone, not paying attention. <laughs> no, no, I got an alert and I clicked it and it took me to a video. <laughs> Can't blame you. Much more interesting than Jason so, Verrett talk. So, so Doug was asked about. There's a lot of news about... going on today, you know. Yeah, yeah. No idea what you're talking about. People are worried about Bo getting fired for that. I thought that's why he yes. brought Casey on, that maybe it would keep him in check a little bit to start the episode. That's a good idea. Uh, Doug was asked about Verrett on the San Francisco conference call. If he was a player who, going back to Doug's time in the AFC West, that he had to, like, game plan for. And, uh, and Doug gave a very diplomatic answer, but... I, I just wonder in Doug's mind if, if he's like trying to think back to his old Chiefs Chargers, uh, 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 you know, and, and trying to think what his game plans were for those games. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, their, their secondary is not great. Um, their linebackers are very good. Fred Warner is uh, outstanding. They've got Quan Alexander alongside him. So those are both three down, three down guys who can cover and also uh, play the run. And up front, uh, like you mentioned, Kinlaw and Eric Armstead, I would say, are the the two guys you have to watch out for. Uh, Scheme-wise, it's not the sort of Seattle cover three. I think of all like those Seahawks disciples, uh, I would say Salah maybe has done the best job of mixing it up and tweaking his scheme. It really started last year where they were playing a lot more too deep, uh, a lot more cover four quarters to mix in with that cover three. But they are heavy, heavy, heavy uh, zone team so uh at the very least this isn't a uh, a game where the eagles are just going to have to be trying to rely on those one-on-one matchups against man coverage so uh, uh lane johnson has an interesting matchup here against armstead i i asked lane about it the other day because a lot of these 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 top left defensive ends lane sees i don't want to say frequently but you know they're matchups that he knows Arm, armstead's not a guy that he sees very often and it's a different type of, of DN, 6'9", oh, I'm, I'm sorry, 6'7", 280, 290 in, in that range. So a bigger, more physical one. Had, had a real good year last year. But in asking Lane about him, Lane also said Kerry Hyder is a player who they really need to pay attention to and, and, and said Hyder is, is, uh, is tough to block as well. And then, and then you mentioned Kinlaw. So that's, that's a really good defensive line, even though they're down Bosa and Solomon Thomas. I believe Solomon Thomas... Is on Shields' uh, expansion draft roster. Is that no, right? He's on Sim- he's no, he's on, on Mike Sando. Oh, he's on Mike's. Okay. Okay, I saw that one. Uh, well, you mentioned Joey Bosa, and uh, by happenstance, once again, I mentioned Nick wheel. Bosa. Nick Bosa. No. Uh, yeah, Nick I mentioned Bosa, Nick. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, oh. <laughs> uh, the wheel of uh, Tweet Shriker has landed. Oh, don't get yourself fired. Uh, <laughs> Nick Bosa. Yeah, this is live. I'm just, I, I'm, I looked at his tweets, and there's just a couple ones that, uh, you know, okay. are worth passing along. Uh, build a wall and crime will fall is one. Um, one is from Donald Trump. The fake news is showing old footage of people climbing over our ocean area fence. This is what it really looks like. No climbers anymore under our administration. 
Uh, of course, another one to any of the pundits or talking heads that do not give us proper credit for this great midterm election. Just remember two words, fake news. And then finally, Trump is an absolute savage. Best foreign policy ever. I like like talking about him like he uh, is a like he's a walking bucket or whatever. So there you go. Uh, that's uh, this week's edition of the Tweet Trekker, and uh, the game will wait, also now, be called. Wait, now that, by, that was that was uh, Nick Bosa, not that was, not or the, that, that was, was Nick, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Okay. Um, and then uh, you know this game will be on Sunday Night Football. So if you guys are curious about um, oh, some gosh, of the I, likes from Take It Easy, Take It Easy, <laughs> the people on the broadcast, there are oh, things God. like. Um, sadly, I've lost a few friends along the way that have decided they don't like my politics because of what I'm fighting for. Perhaps I'm learning that they were never really friends in the first place. And uh, to everyone saying the view is one view, I am out there fighting every single day of my life into my eight and a half months of pregnancy for conservative Americans, conservative ideals and principles. Every single day. You want to criticize Come out here on the front lines and join me. Of course, being on The View, the front lines. That's nice. And then finally, from James Woods on 9-11, hashtag never forget, hashtag Benghazi. We will always remember Benghazi. Uh, so last night's game, does anyone want to give kind of 30 seconds on last night's game before we get to our sponsors? Well, I was, I was, I was thinking about, you know, anytime there's a Sunday night game, I feel like I usually pick a... Eagles player, who will Chris Collinsworth be like focusing in on? I haven't given this much thought here. I mean, offensively, it's really tough. Like, is this is he gonna have to like go to like a Jason Kelsey or something on like a, you know who I think a it's screen gonna be? pass? Who? It's gonna be Greg Ward. It's gonna be Greg Ward no, like fighting so? to fighting to get open on like nine yard catches. Like, look at the le- look at this leverage that he gets. That's what I think. That's my you guess. Think so? I'm gonna go with Kelsey's a good guess. Well, maybe it's that Lane Johnson matchup that Zach's talking about. And by the maybe way, he'll... Lane was not great the other day. He looked very fatigued at the end. I thought in like overtime he was getting crushed and like in the fourth quarter. And he gave up uh, there were a couple pressures he gave up early in the game yeah. too. And that yeah. we talked about that Bengals defensive not a great line is defensive not good. Line. Yeah, I would agree with that. So uh, all right, so Lane Johnson or Jason Kelsey or Greg Ward. Zach, who is your I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh Kelsey. Bo goes with Ward. Who you know is what? Your who it, it will actually be is is Darius Slay because yeah, if, if, if Slay's not on Kittle, it'll be like Slay's shutting yeah. down Kendrick Bourne. Like they, they there's <laughs> yeah. there's nothing there for him. We'll see about that. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Call one eight hundred Directv. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, how's your pillow game? This is not an ad read or anything. Uh, we're just struggling as a family with pillows have been, I would say, for like a decade. You know, I want the hotel pillow. And I know people have sent me links. Then I go to these big hotel chains. They've got their online stores. They've got 400 different pillows. I don't know which one to get. I no. want a, let me give you my, what, my, okay. what I need. Okay. I, obviously, you, you want a soft pillow. I mean, no, I don't want one of those rock hard firm, firm ones, but I don't want the head to sink too much on the pillow. You know what I mean? I want to lay the head down on the pillow, a little bit of give, but I don't want to sink. I don't want my ear to be, feel like it's touching the mattress. So uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, I like I like a like a very sinky one on top of a harder pillow. So that's I get the sink, no. but then it's on top of of the I pillow below it. I do do two pillows, but only the head only gets one of them. Mm, interesting. Well, I will say yeah. that we have uh, recently had a pillow addition to oh. uh, the bed. Well, it's, it's not going to help you very much, uh, although it I might. Know what it is. This is yeah, yeah like the very saying. big like. Uh, uh, like U-shaped pregnancy pillow oh, yeah. uh, for Rachel that has helped. And what she was saying, there, she was like looking up the reviews and there was one of them that said, uh, it, was, it was from a guy. He said, <laughs> I just saw how everybody said it was so comfortable. I bought it. It's delightful. So maybe that's what you should go for. I have napped using that before. Mm. I mean, all right. Okay. You give me something to think about. Uh, it's a, it looks Marissa, very funny. Any, uh, any pillow? My pillow here? Grow- my pillow gripe is, and I, I don't know if, if this is something that, that that Marissa can explain to me, but we have like the the decorative throw pillows on there. Mm. I don't understand the purpose of a pillow that you that you're not using. Like like why have a pillow uh, that you're not putting your head on? Yeah, you can't use them because they yes, not it, all yeah. of them can be washed. So if you use mm. them, like that's gross. You know, like at least yeah. you can take your pillowcase off right. your pillow and wash it, yeah. but like. And then the decorative pillows, they have to be put somewhere nicely when you yeah. are actually going to sleep because you can't just like right. throw them all over the floor. There's a whole science mm. to it, but it makes the bed look so much better. You can't tell me that when the bed's made with the decorative pillows, you're not like, wow, that looks really nice. I want to like dive in there. It has I'm so okay with it on a couch. Yeah. I would say the thing that has right. been plaguing us pillow eyes has been uh, the, the, the covers keep just falling off. We've got a lot of like loose what? loose coverings on the pillows. <laughs> the pillowcase? The, the pillowcase pillow covers? Yeah, oh, yeah they're just like odd. slipping off every now and then. That's very strange. Okay. Are they the right size? Yeah. You got, they uh, must not be. Maybe our, maybe our you pillows gotta are You got to make sure that the, that the pillowcase size matches the pillow size. Well, thanks. All right. Thanks for that. We, we got a comment in here. I slept with my wife's pregnancy pillow last night. It was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So no one's got to. If and I just want to. I just want to. You know, you go. You go to a hotel. The pillows are on the bed. It's always a nice. They're sort of like, but they're sort. They're sort of uh, thinner, like uh, side to side, right? They're a little bit like. No, I I think they're regular size. 
Yeah, I had a little sun. I mean, the key is little sink, not too much sink when the head hits the pillow. Okay. I think you get a mix and match. Listen, Yo, my quick. wife and I, we, we've been struggling with this for like a decade, and she, <laughs> you know, I'll just impulse buy like a like a like a pillow I did a week ago. Just one for cut, yourself, not for her. Buy, well, we just get one to start off with because we know we're uh. probably not gonna like it. We get it, we take it out. Well, maybe this has some potential. Last two nights, I haven't been able to sleep. Last night, two a.m., I wake up, I chuck the pillow, I get the old pillow, put it back in, and the pillow thing remains unresolved. So now I got to return that pillow and try something else. Now do you do a do you, do you do like a pillow between the legs or like oh, uh, around do that. your arm? Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm old for the back. You don't do a pillow. You sleep on your side and you put a pillow between the knees. It's great for your back. Unbelievably comfortable. I can't sleep without that. You don't do that? It's not an it's not an every sleep occasion for me, but it's about a fifty fifty. Yeah, so it just depends uh, on comfort. I I have no problem with the move. You got you're you're too young. That's a mature you know a mature person's uh, pillow situation. So what? You just do one pillow, Zach? I I sleep on one what's there, you know. So so there are two pillows and mm. I sleep on it. But I'm a concussion I'm, uncle. He sleeps yeah. on a concrete well, slab. If I'm in the bathroom on the floor, I'll sleep. I don't care. We'll sleep anyway. He's like the coach. We'll play any. We'll play him in the parking lot. Uh, no, I I might need this because my wife's biggest gripe about me is I don't sleep enough. You know, she she wants me to to to, to sleep more. And I'm 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 a big like uh, if if I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm taking the phone out. I'm I'm checking the headlines. Uh, so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, and then that you're, keeps you're me young. You're young. Yeah. Talk to me. In did you do years. that? Did you do that last night, Zach? <laughs> I, I I was up at five this morning and uh, I wanted to get to work because I had my Eagles download up and instead I was uh, scanning the head or not. I was reading this these stories. It was more than scanning. And, uh, and I think, uh, well, I, I know Marissa sent us a message this morning that <laughs> shared a sentiment that I had, which was, uh, you know, I, the political reporters, I, I imagine, might have, if, if they slept, if they took Advil PM last night, they might have felt the way I felt when, when uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, it's probably best if I don't give my thoughts on political reporters. No, no, not even that. Not even that. I'm on political reporters. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Oh, that sounds intense, but all some, right. Some just vile members of the ecosystem, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> Shoo, wait, wait Shu, I, I had a quick uh, Sunday yeah. question for you. So uh, for for full disclosure to our loyal listeners, viewers. <laughs> keep, wait, no, okay. keep it on. Keep the clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we are not traveling to this game. Uh, this, is the, this is the first uh, Eagles game that I, I will be covering from a couch. Uh, now there are a lot of reasons. Pillows for or this, no? But uh, whatever's there. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, but it's a primetime game, and 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 usually when the Eagles have a primetime game, you get to watch the one o'clock games, but we're still at the stadium. You know, four o'clock, five o'clock. It's very rare that we have a full Sunday at home before we're we're working, unless the Eagles play yeah. Monday night or Thursday night. We have it. So as a national reporter. What's your recommendation? Is it is it red zone? Are you clued into a game? Do you have the second screen in front of you? What's the best way to consume? What games are on in our market? Uh, in our market, well, that's a good this, question. This week, I don't know. I I so what I do is I do red zone on the TV. I usually do Eagles on my first monitor here, 
and then I do whatever other game is on my uh, other monitor. That's if the Eagles have a 1 o'clock game. So that way I'm keeping an eye on the Eagles. I'm taking notes on the other games. But uh, I, I do a big rewatch. Uh, now that I don't have okay. to write my big column till Wednesday, I spend all of Monday catching up. You know, And that's easier because if there was a great game that I didn't watch, then Monday I can pay a lot of attention to that. If there was a game that was over in the third quarter, then I'm not wasting my time live. So that is uh, generally how I do it with the 4 o'clock games. I usually am focusing in on one and then also paying in on uh, paying some attention on red zone but usually there's like between three or four games on uh in that second window so you don't need red zone is not as useful i find that and what's the i would uh, recommend I'm, I'm i'm curious too what's the delay situation like um you know when when you're so when i'm at the game and i'm um let's say there's a big play or there's an injury and i might tweet it out i'll get fans sometimes who write back that they haven't seen it on 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 tv yet is it is 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 the delay frustrating i think they're probably streaming or uh okay. cord cutting but uh you should do what i do uh no checking you, you no put check. the you turn the you don't check twitter you don't check your text messages you get caught up in between the the four o'clock game and the night game you see what you missed if you want to or you know i i really don't uh I don't know that I get caught up on, on Twitter at all. I might, uh, you know, look at a little bit, and if I see someone's uh, account that I want to catch up on, I do. But uh, you're not missing anything. It's really, uh, it's really the best way to go. How were the uh, birthday parties yesterday for both the Bermans and the Capadias? I was, it was very nice. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you asking. Okay. Just checking. All right, let's get to the Al You Know draft. Uh, in which we will decide who we will be talking about on the Eagles if they win. We got or a hustle. Lose. We got this. You guys got a hard out at one. Yeah. It's for Zach. The pillow. The pillow talk was important. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Zach, why don't you, do you? Would you like to lead us off? Uh, no, you can. Okay. You can. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna burn my wins here. Okay. Uh, and I think. I, I think if the Eagles win this game, it's gonna have to come from. Uh, Carson Wentz turning things around, and I think I do think that this is a this is a winnable game. I think this is the uh, the most winnable of the next three. Um, and there's no like the the Niners defense is is just fine. There's no reason that Carson Wentz can't uh, have a good game here if he doesn't turn the ball over and and just hits the throws that he's been missing. There's a chance for this offense to do some things. Now uh, they're going to need to be more creative than they have been. Uh, who knows who's going to be lining up at wide receiver. But uh, I think there's a chance that, you know, on Sunday night football, it's uh, Collinsworth and Michael's talking about what a what a gutsy uh, performance it has taken from Carson Wentz to get this Eagles team into uh, maybe, you know, maybe even first place if the other two teams lose on Sunday. Who knows? There you go. Uh, so I'll, I'll go second then. Uh, if, if the Eagles win, I'm going to go Zach Ertz. Uh, this is a game that I really think the Eagles need to feed Ertz. Like he should be double-digit targets as much as much. I was gonna say as many Ertz as as much Ertz as possible. Uh, because really, uh, you know, what, what what they have elsewhere is not very strong. We don't know Deshaun's status, obviously, but there's a chance that you're looking at a wide receiver core that is John Hightower, JJ Ortega Whiteside. Let's assume Quez Watkins is activated, um, Quez Watkins, uh, Deontay Burnett, and Travis Fulgham, okay? And then your number two tight end is Richard Rodgers, all right? So, 
in the passing game, obviously you can get the running backs involved, but I think they need to feed Zach Ertz. Uh, he's, he's had the fewest amount of yards and catches through his first three weeks as he has since 2016 when he was fighting an injury. And uh, this is a week that he, he needs to be the top target. Now, obviously, San Francisco knows that, and I imagine they'll respond accordingly. But I think if the Eagles win, it's a big Zach Ertz game. All right. This is a tough one. Well, I will say if they win, uh, I forget. Do we have a limit on how many times we can say Fletcher Cox or no? No, I think Carson's the only one. It's up to your discretion. I don't think I've used used him. Can you look uh, yourself in the mirror? Yeah. Uh, no, I tr- I try not to do that, but uh, I would say, yeah, I'll go with Fletcher Cox. I mean, if they're going to win this game, I think the formula is pretty simple. It's the defensive line dominates. They showed signs of that last week. I think they really uh, can have an edge there, but it's not just pressure isn't enough. You know, you need sacks, you need forced fumbles, you need forced turnovers. Maybe he hits Nick Mullins' uh, arm and it leads to a turnover, something like that. So uh, he's somebody... I think certainly we could see Chris Collinsworth sort of drooling, uh, drooling over if he's having a big game and they put together this montage where he's just uh, dominating up front. So uh, you do a good we'll, Collinsworth. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe after the game. Okay. I, I will tell you the one play that I guarantee the 49ers will have a uh, explosive play, potentially touchdown on in this game is is why leak, which is this play that, uh, you know, it seems like everyone in the league runs. It scores, I swear, you put on red zone, it scores like every other minute where it's a, a fake run to like the, you know, the right side and everyone's run blocking and it's George Kittle or, you know, they might do it to like a Ross Dwelly just to switch it up. He pretends he's run blocking and then, you know, he, he sneaks out, goes to the other side, is wide open. The Eagles got burned on this against the Rams, I believe. Uh, so if like the Eagles stop that play, uh, you know what? I'll just get everyone pasta physios. If the 49ers run that play and all of our they, listeners, no, all of you three. <laughs> well, no, I'll get Marissa something else, uh, but I will, I will get all of you uh, a lunch. If the 49ers run that play and they do not get, uh, get like an explosive completion or a touchdown on it. That's how, that's how good I feel about it. You don't even have Sounds to get about right. anything if it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. I promise um, I won't. I mean, defense is tough. Like, I could name any of the linebackers. I named Nate Gary, but, like, am I going to name Nate Gary every week when they play an offense like this and they're just going to toy with him? All right, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know? Uh, well, I, you know, I did a mailbag this week, and there's a lot of uh, lot of questions about Nate Gary. So people are, the fans yeah. are already annoyed by him. Uh, I don't know that he's always put in great spots. I don't know that it's his fault, really, that, you know, maybe he shouldn't be uh, out there. But uh, whatever, they're going to toy with him, and there are going to be many, many situations in this game, I feel like, where he's going to be in the wrong spot, running backwards while they're giving up a first down. Okay, Zach? That's if they lose, of course. Yeah, so I, I, I was going to go Nate Gary in a loss, and I, I guess I'll, I'll – I don't know if people are going to be harping on TJ Edwards because I think Nate Gary is kind of the face of that linebacker court right now. Uh, so I'll go Jalen Mills in a loss, okay, because oh, – Took both my guys. Yeah, because – the other um, guy I had written down also. Uh, for, you know, because obviously a big, a big tight end game, but also, uh, you know, knowing what this fan base is like sometimes – if the Eagles are losing by, let's say, let's say like two touchdowns, and uh, Jalen Mills makes a play, let's let's say he has a sack on a blitz and he pulls out the LSU dance, 
I, I, I could see like WIP Monday morning starting yeah. with how can he oh, dance? I like this. You know, how can he dance at this moment? Um, and and Jalen has, has never been short of confidence. You know, fans have pointed out that he'll have the finger wagging after giving up a play. You know, like uh, the next throw after giving up a play sometimes. So uh, uh, I think that if we're going with the literal definition of this game, who are they talking about after a loss? I can see Jalen Mills being someone they talk about after a loss. I like that. That's good. Uh, I will take another obvious one um, that feels maybe cheap, but if the Eagles lose this game on offense, someone who we'll be talking about. I mean, the guy who has just been terrible through three games, and if he is as bad in this game as he's been in the other three and it's on national television, I think it's fair to say the calls for replacing Jason Peters at left tackle will get um, even even louder. And, I mean, he's just – it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, you got to see you at some point. You have to see if if Mylotta can play. You've also got Jake Dris, Jack Driscoll. Uh, like he's just bad, and he's it's it's he's hurting the team. These are like every every drive he's given up a play that's cratering the drive basically. Um, and you know Doug was asked about him th- this week, but it it wasn't like a it wasn't like a constant prodding. Mm-hmm. I think if it happens again this week. That's like all anyone's going to be asking about next week is, are you getting enough out of Jason Peters? Especially if it's not like a terrible Wentz game. Now, um, quick question just there bad. With, with left tackle is that, let's say they this continues to crater. At some point, I imagine you need to cut Jamon Brown and and promote Prince Tega Winogo, right? Like, like why is Jamon Brown on this team if he's not playing and they're if if they're o five and one? You know, when you have well, a left tackle who has traits, I'm saying. Like, well, I mean, no one's between... trying to take. No one's trying to take Winogo. Like, you only need to promote him if you if you're worried about losing him. True. Especially if he's not going to play, right? True, true, fair enough. Um, and you know, Jamon Brown's uh, theoretically still learning the offense, right? I don't know. But but when you're talking about left tackle options, oh, give me I imagine... a break with that. I mean, he's I'm... learning the offense. <laughs> yeah, I imagine well, Winogo. Fine. He's just not very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like you mentioned Jack Driscoll. Jack Jack Driscoll wasn't the left tackle option at Auburn, like Prince Tagawanogo was. Uh Jack Driscoll's been on the yeah, But Jack right Driscoll side. was drafted ahead of Prince Tagawanogo. So But was... I don't think as a left tackle option. So Well, not nece- not I don't think he was, you know, not a left tackle option. Okay. I think he's a possibility. Um and then if the Eagles win on defense Wait, is, it, is it my turn? Did I No, no, no it's no, not your turn for a while. Yeah. Oh, what the hell is this? <laughs> you get, get two, and yeah. then you get two. Yeah. Uh, Wait, did I? Oh, I already did two. Okay, yeah. sorry. And I, I zoned out once it got to the Jamon yeah. Brown. Take I feel like if the out. if the Eagles lose this week, we maybe need a we maybe need a new Friday segment <laughs> new because yes. no one's gonna care about these. Who games should be fired anymore? That, I yeah. mean, that's all anyone cares about. <laughs> yeah. Or we can just you know talk about other games. Um, if the Eagles win this game on defense. I will take. Uh, how about uh, how about Malik Jackson blowing things up inside? Maybe maybe Fletcher Cox gets the attention and it's a it's a big Malik Jackson game. He, he's pumped about being drafted on drafted on team team Kapadia. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. All right, is it my is it my turn now or no? No, it's I, I am up here. No. Okay. I am right. up. Just point to me or something. Yeah. when I need to pay uh, attention. Well, what what we usually do is call your name. So just listen okay. for that. All right. Uh, so if 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 the Eagles lose this game. Um, I'm I'm focusing on a guard here, and I'm I'm debating between uh, Herbig 
or uh, or Pryor, <laughs> and I'm gonna go Matt Pryor because I'm he's not think good. Off, uh, no, and off the top of my head, no, Kim I Lo- like that. It's just it's just funny because your last your last explanation on Mills, I was like, that's perfect. I could just see it, you know, like Angelo's opening up Monday morning, and now I'm picturing Angelo opening up. Matt Nate Herbig <laughs> yeah. is causing this team. <laughs> Uh, because I'm, I'm trying to think in my head, Kinlaw's coming from, from that side. All right. So, uh, I'm picturing one play in particular where, where Kinlaw's the left defensive tackle. That means he's going up against Matt Pryor here at right guard. And, uh, Javon Kinlaw is a good athlete. Uh, Matt Pryor is a big guy. I don't know how good an athlete he is. Uh, so give me, uh, Matt Pryor in, in, in this loss and maybe more of a reason to talk about Javon Brown next week. <laughs> There you Can't go. wait. <laughs> all right, Shield. Now you get your last two picks. Oh, I do. Okay. You have uh, both right, I, sides of the offense. Okay. Uh, I like this one. Actually, now looking back, I wish I would have used this for one of my first picks. And I'll give a, uh, I'll do a big flex here and give a shout out to Ike Reese because he brought this up during my uh, WIP hit yesterday. But uh, after he mentioned it, I thought, you know what? He's right. And I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I mean, this is a yeah. empty the kitchen sink type game. You are 0-2-1. You are seven-point underdogs. Your wide receivers are garbanzo beans. You haven't been able to do anything offensively. If you have worked on any type of Jalen Hurts package, now is the time to unleash it. You're, you're probably going to want to run the ball uh, a little bit in this game. So maybe, maybe they come up with something creative. Maybe, you know, he comes in and they think he's going to run the ball and he unleashes one deep. Maybe they have a bigger, you know, Jalen Hurts package and he's running the ball and the 49ers aren't ready for it and he's picking up first downs left and right and it adds some juice and some excitement uh, to the offense. So if they win, I think they're going to have to do something creative and I will say uh, Jalen Hurts ends up being a big part of the game plan. I think that's a good one and I will say, like, if he's not going to be a part of it, offense in this game what's the point of the package at all um and the flip side to that is one of the reasons i don't like these packages is because by him being out there like the defense is on alert for like a a a trick play right so there's there's not really an element of surprise that's all so you so you think maybe he should dress up in like carson wentz's uniform and see if the refs know but like something it's if, if they had these cool creative plays that they had in their bank, they should have been using them with Greg Ward before anyway. Well, that was though that was Dallas Goddard's um, point though when Goddard was was talking about the first time we saw Hertz in, in week two that there was so much attention being paid to Hertz because why else is he on the field? And that that freed Goddard up. I think it was a nine yard reception. Uh, right. But uh, but. I so, agree yeah, with you. It was a, it was a good uh, second round pick yeah, to free up a nine know, yard reception. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little overblown too. I mean, I, I don't know that the defense, uh, you know, sees Jalen Hurts and needs to take a potty break because they're so scared about uh, what's about uh, to happen. Although the time I, I would have used Jalen Hurts was uh, the two point conversion last last week. I, I, I would have put Hurts in there. Um, you know, he was he was good on the goal line at the goal line in practice. Yeah, do you imagine Carson was, Wentz? Like doing that whole drive, then they put in Hertz for the for the win or lose two point conversion, and it gets stopped. Like what Carson yeah. Wentz's reaction? Would but be? I feel like Cincinnati would be so flummoxed in that situation, you know? Maybe you might yeah. be right. Yeah, uh, that would have taken some uh, 
some cojones mm. from, uh, from from the Philly special guy, right? Yeah, all right. yeah. that's true. Yeah, mm. uh, all right. Uh, if they lose, I mean, really, you can name anybody who's <laughs> going to take the most heat. I think who will take the most heat will pro- would probably be the head coach and the general manager. To be quite honest, I know we can't name them, but especially in this game on a national stage, when you're throwing out. Hightower and Greg Ward and these guys, and you're trying to compete with the defending NFC champs. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like the hair, I know there's been injuries, but I do feel like Howie Roseman could come under uh, criticism there. But also if, if Kyle Shanahan's carving up the Eagles defense with Nick Mullins and on the other side of the field, Doug Peterson can't move the ball with Carson Wentz, yeah. then that's going to be a pretty interesting, sure. uh, what was the dichotomy? Am I using yeah, that one right? That. Yeah, you got that. It's a dichotomy. Okay. Not, uh, not dichotomy, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, i will say i mean i really got like no one who you guys haven't mentioned if they lose uh, how about lane Johnson? this game Maybe? is this game is running really? its course this yeah. is retire yeah let's retire yeah. this i'm glad to be naming my last one of the season lane johnson i like uh, this game you know, Maybe, maybe uh, you like everything. Listen, you got to start hating stuff. Uh, join the fan base. They it's hate been everything over a right year, now. Zach, on the I podcast. Really, you got to learn to really. hate. Just, yeah, really, just cut loose. So I'll say Lane Johnson maybe gives up a key sack or two uh, to Eric Arbstead or whoever's rushing from that side. Uh, so if the Eagles win on defense, I'm going Darius Slay. We haven't used him yet, correct? Correct. Mm, yeah, so, big play. Yeah, so I, I could see what, what you guys mentioned. I, I did not think about it before. But maybe Slay is the one covering George Kittle. Uh, perhaps the Eagles are doing that. They're they're not worried about the wide receivers here. Uh, they have Slay following Kittle, and uh, and and that's what the plan is. And and Slay does a good job against it. So uh, Slay is the best player they have in their back seven right now. And if they win this game, now we'll be talking about him. All right, I have a defense lose to close things out, and I will just take uh, I will just take Rodney McLeod because uh, oh, wow. well Rodney well just be, just because like there are only so many people who can make like really um, like glaring mistakes in which you just focus on one player, and the free safety is one of them. Like we're not going to be talking about Derek Barnett having a bad game, um, and we're probably not going to be talking about though maybe we should be Cravon LeBlanc like you know if if or Trevor Williams like if Trevor Williams gives up a touchdown it's not Trevor Williams fault it's the team for putting him out there so mm-hmm. I go Rodney McLeod by the way you know you uh, Bo in your day after you uh you were like ripping Zach Taylor a little bit uh I like I totally agree. I've wanted to, you know, see something I wanted to give Zach Taylor a free shot like last year. I, yeah, I want to like sucks. the guy. And uh this year, I mean, that game is so conservative and then how about the possession if I were if I were a Bengals writer, I would be going it's overtime. They have a backup quarter in. Why are you targeting Darius Slay on three straight? Three in a row. They had to throw at him all game. <laughs> that was great. Cra- of all the things that happened in the game, that might have been the craziest thing. I'm going, what are you doing right now? He shut down A.J. Green the entire game. The game's on the line. They've got a backup corner in. Uh, Trevor Williams, Tyler Boyd's been eating everybody's lunch all game, and you're throwing at Darius Slay three in a row. And then he takes that timeout at the end of overtime. Yeah, that was weird. Was was totally bizarre. I don't know what yeah. he was doing. And then, like the next play, he lets it. He lets it go. Like so, it, it was like yeah, it was very odd. One foot in and then pulling it right back out. It was very bizarre. And then, like the yeah. even in the first half, there was a fourth and inches they punted on. Like, two. There were a fourth yeah. and two punt and a fourth and two field goal in the yeah. red zone. What are you doing? You got you, you have no yeah. wins. You got this young yeah. quarterback. Like I agree. 
They're 0 and 11 Bizarre. in their last. Uh, they're 0 and 11 in one possession or 0 10 winless in right. 11 ga- one possession games with uh, Taylor. Bizarre. And then that, I mean that Adam Gase field goal last night was just like the most cowardly thing you you'll ever yeah. see. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little worried stinks. about Zebra's boy uh, Joe Burrow. You know, I don't know. They he could be going to, down the Darnold path. Yeah. If you guys That's had to guess. Uh, what percentage of snaps Trevor, uh, Trevor Williams played for the 2017 Chargers? What would you say? He started a lot of. He started like nine games or something uh, like that, didn't he? I didn't even know he was on the 2017 yeah. Chargers. Yeah, he played 96. He played 96% of the snaps. 96. <laughs> yes, he was like he was an every down player wow. for that. Uh, and that's what Jim Schwartz had this great quote the other day. I mean, I don't know if it's applicable, but uh, when he was talking about Trevor Williams, he he said Trevor Williams probably looked at Schwartz, being like, "What took you so long?" Uh, because he has this experience, so he oh, is. Like he thinks he should be out there. Yeah, like he's. Oh. It, it, it's not like they're they're throwing out Michael Chiquette. You know, they're throwing out someone who's been Ooh, in this league. Both not gonna like that. <laughs> well, Trevor Williams, let's let's you know let let's keep in mind how much the Eagles liked him. He was cut when they uh, yeah. dropped their roster from ninety to eighty. So that tells you how much they yeah. love Trevor. Now, part of that is because it makes sense because he's a veteran. You know, you know who he is a little bit more than the rookies. You want to see the undrafted guys in person, but still. Like, but no one signed him, correct? That's what they thought yeah. of him, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Who's giving their pick? You want me to start? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, I think this is going to be ugly. I think this is going to feel like rock bottom. Uh, you know, it feels like when a team starts going downhill – I don't know. It always feels like there's like a national tele, nationally televised. Maybe this is just uh, there's probably some type of bias I'm I'm showing here, but it feels like there's a nationally televised game where they just uh, you know get it handed to them and completely get blown out and outclassed, and everybody's just in an outrage the next day. I don't know that the this version of the 49ers team. Maybe they're not you know good enough to do that, but uh, I could just see it. I mean, I see nothing other than the Eagles' defensive line. Again, that's the one thing I think that can keep them in this game. Uh, I think this is just going to be a blowout. I think the offense is a mess. I think Wentz is a mess. I think Peterson is a mess. He's got no one to throw to uh, in this game. That 49ers defense still has a lot of good players. So uh, I would say Eagles fans. You want to, you know, find your favorite local restaurant, do a little uh, little takeout or delivery around 6 o'clock, over order, you know, eat, eat your dinner 6, 7 o'clock, put that food in the fridge, uh, get some ice cream or whatever your dessert, favorite dessert is, because I think around like 11 o'clock, you're going to want to go in there. You're going to want to just emotionally eat, pound the leftover pizza, whatever else is in there, help yourself to some dessert, uh, wonder why you follow this team, wonder what's happened since 2017, wonder who should be fired, wonder if you have a quarterback or not. Uh, I've got 49ers 33, Eagles 14 in a game that is basically a blowout from start to finish. Uh, so I, I, I will jump in here. Um, I have a similar... happy Friday, as they say in the corporate world. <laughs> Look, I have a similar sentiment. What would you know to... about the corporate world? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thankfully, nothing. <laughs> I have a similar sentiment to Shield. Uh, the Niners are the better team. They are the the hotter team, if you will. And I I just think the injuries are are bad right now for the Eagles. I I don't have much faith in the way this this uh, this coaching staff is coaching, and I don't have much faith in the way this roster is assembled. So, and and frankly, you know, the the uh, resiliency or the toughness that this team has talked about being a character trait in the past, 
I don't know if that's there this year, to be honest with you. You know, the, the, you, think the they'll be, you think they'll be 0-14-1 and still talking about how nobody believes <laughs> nobody in them, believes they in them. Yeah, ship, exactly. Or... And the only guys that matter are the guys in the locker room, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't have it quite the blowout that that, that Shield does. Um, I think that the defense will do some decent things. You know, I, I think this this uh, interior defensive line can get to the quarterback. We, we saw that last week. Uh, so maybe they'll make some plays there. But I have 49ers 27, Eagles 17. Okay. okay. Now, one thing I will say is that the you know the DraftKings line, let me make sure it's still the same thing here. It was seven, I believe, mm-hmm. earlier right now. It is still seven. And so, you know, you can look at when a team is a seven-point uh, underdog, like what is their chance to win based on sort of historical precedent and for a seven point underdog it's at 24.8 percent so i know i painted a bleak picture zach painted a bleak picture but um you know it's always good i feel like to look at the markets and to look at the line and to see what sort of the the history says around it so you can kind of paint them as a team that has a 25 percent chance to win so i i actually don't feel the same way as you guys about this game um i'm not smelling the niners quite as much uh, I think everybody's getting a little bit too ahead of themselves with Nick Mullins, who is you know a mediocre quarterback uh, and can turn the ball over. And I think this defense has some turnover regression, you know, or pro- progression coming their way. Um, I'm like, I, I they can't be worse against this uh, this run scheme than they were against the Rams. So I actually think the defense can be okay in this game. Um, I think this is a winnable game for them. But there's no there's no reason to believe that, you know, they have some great game plan up their sleeve because there would have been time for them to pull it out. Like it's already been late in the season for the Eagles to turn things around right now, even though it's week four. Like if you had something special, you do it against the Rams or you do it against the Bengals. You need to win those games. Um, The talent is poor. I think Carson Wentz will be a little bit better in this game. I think this will be a close game. But I'm not picking them. I'm not crazy. So uh, I'm going to take the 49ers uh, 23-21 on a last-second field goal by Robbie Gold. So, you know, mm. just just enough to make you think the Eagles are not totally done, but they lose anyway. I think I'm 0-3. Owen, Owen 0-3 uh, picking Eagles games this year. So well, maybe none uh, of us picked a tie, so. Yeah, I'm not picking against the spread. Against the spread, yeah. So I, I have not had a handle on them at all. So maybe that's a good thing for Eagles fans. Somebody did rightly call us out that we didn't we didn't go through the owl, you know, exercise of who we would be talking about if they tie. So <laughs> true. Probably Doug Peterson again. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. For Zach and Sheila and Marissa, we'll talk to you after the game on Sunday, uh, very early in the morning on monday and my favorite kind of podcast <laughs> i know that's right um so i'll, I'll be loopy yeah. that's the best kind of podcast all right well that'll do it for this episode thanks for listening make sure i'll to... say th- i'll say this ready for the if they win this game i'll join the post game oh okay all right Fans are it's, never a, gonna it's a it's sun- harder for the eagles than they you know are this week. it's a it's a it's a sunday night game yes. so you know i have no excuse now i would i would like you guys to you know let's let's record before you you know you don't have to write all your stuff first but uh <laughs> if they if they win this game I, i'm in on the post game i will double down on that if they uh win this game and sheila's joining the pod we'll do it live on youtube
What? Huh? Like, so wait, do I have watch? to agree to that? At, at 1.30. Well, then, then it's got to be soon. Yeah, yeah. I think what happens is if can they win. Can I wear win, my pajamas? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can all, all pop yeah, on the joggers. That's you know, be comfy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think if they, I think if they win, then I should like, uh, you know, while you guys are doing the press conference stuff, I should just we should just start the live stream. I can come on, spew some stuff like a post-game show. No, 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 you no, guys, no. You guys knock out your – how do you know? I might just email Marissa and say, let's get this going okay all right well, yeah i don't know if we're doing. i mean it's gonna be two in the morning who's gonna be watching the that? biggest stakes there have been yet for the eagles probably since the super bowl i think it's fair to say so there you go for uh zach and sheila and marissa remember to subscribe to the athletic theathletic.com slash birds with friends it's still one dollar a month right now hop on that bad boy and as always we love you Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.